0: Welcome to Quills and Cloaks, a writing and fandom podcast delving into the world of fandom discussions, author writing tips, and of course, all things Harry Potter. I'm Christy J. Whitney, and I will be your host and your professor. So unroll those parchments because class is in session. Hello everyone, welcome to episode four of Quills and Cloaks, and I am really excited for this episode because I'm going to shift gears a little bit. If you've been tuning in, you know that this is a writing and fandom podcast, and I started the first two episodes with delving into some Harry Potter things. Today, I am going to switch caps and put on my author hat, and I wanted to talk about some questions that I often get when it comes to my writing process with my books. Now, I've been a writer since really I was in middle school. I used to write tons of stories and then hide them away in my desk drawer because I had absolutely no confidence uh, for anyone to look at them. But even before I was writing, I was telling stories, usually lining up my My Little Ponies when I was about eight years old and putting uh, my old cassette recorder there beside me, pressing record and just making up these fantastical storylines and characters and all kind of you know, interesting things to my eight-year-old mind. And of course, as I got a little older and I went into the realm of theater as a career, it was a way of continuing my love of the storytelling process because it doesn't really matter what kind of artist you are. If you're an author, a playwright, a film or theater person, we just love stories. We love watching them. We love reading them. We love inventing stories. And I've been a published author for several years and been involved in a lot of conventions and spoken on a lot of panels. And before I was published, I used to attend uh, a lot of conventions and panels and sit there and eagerly want to know what is this author's creative process? How do they come up with these these ideas? How do they get them on paper? So for this episode today, I thought I would take my top five questions that I've gotten over the years about my writing process and answer them for you. And if you are, you know, a, a writer out of hobby and you just do it for pleasure, or whether you write fan fiction, or you're looking to become a published author, whatever that, that case may be, I hope that you'll be able to take away maybe a few ideas from this top five I'm going to go over with us today. So without further ado, let's dive in to the questions. Alright so question number one, where do I get my story ideas? I really enjoy answering this question because there's not a solid answer to it other than to say, I get ideas from everywhere. So I read and watch a lot of fantasy. I cut my fantasy eye teeth, so to speak, on the Chronicles of Narnia when I was about eight or nine years old. And that just opened the door to Tolkien and to just a variety of high fantasy worlds that I just grew up in through middle school and high school and beyond. I also love science fiction. But fantasy has always sort of been my heart genre. So I watch a lot of fantasy. I read a lot of fantasy. Sometimes there will be certain characters that I absolutely fall in love with. Sometimes there are story arcs that spark my imagination. But ideas might come from just something that I've watched or read myself. Also quotes that I come across. It could be a quote in a book or it be could be a quote on a billboard that I saw driving by or even something that someone said, just a random statement that was made perhaps in a conversation that I was involved in, or a lot of times something I maybe overheard at the grocery store, at the park, but just a spark of something, a quote or a phrase will give me some type of inspiration for a story. One thing I have learned, however, as I've gotten older is I have to write those things down as they come to me. When I was younger, I was pretty good at sort of putting that in the back of my head and coming back to it later. I can't do that as well anymore. So I depend upon voice memos, notes on my phone, journals. I am a huge fan of journals. And I think most writers and artists are there's something about having a journal in your hand that is just irreplaceable even though I do most of my work on the computer it's the journaling that gets me to that point and if you want to make a writer's day buy them a new journal and I've recently become acquainted with a new type of journal and it's been fantastic called Rocketbook if you've never heard of Rocketbook they are reusable journals and The cool thing about them is you can write on them, you can take a picture, and it will scan it and basically send it to uh, your Google Documents or your email, wherever you need to go, and then you can erase the notebook and write in it fresh and new. And I've been very obsessed with my Rocketbook, so if that sounds like something interesting to you, uh, check it out. Their website, I believe, is just rocketbook.com. And they're fantastic journals, but yes, I have to write down my ideas and then I come back to them, sort of pull over them and skim over the ones that I like and I go for there. So question number two that comes right from question number one is how do I start a story? Well, sort of piggybacking off the question number one, I get an idea And then in my head, I start developing scenes. I'm very much a visual person. And as I am coming up with ideas for my books, they run like a film or sometimes even a play in my head. And I will sort of manipulate it inside my head, an image here, an image there, putting things together. And sometimes I will go straight from there to putting it on paper Now, there are times that I actually start my stories with a piece of dialogue. Maybe that's the theater person in me, you know, using scripts and and getting used to it's it's the dialogue that moves the story. So I feel very comfortable writing dialogue between two people. So for my first series, uh, The Romani Outcast for Grey the first scene I ever wrote was actually a piece of dialogue between my main character and another person. I don't worry about any details. I don't worry about the sort of stage direction, so to speak, what the characters are doing, where they are. I just focus on their dialogue and it builds from there. On the opposite end of that, sometimes I will start with just a basic description. I can see a location or a place in my head and I just start writing. I don't Really care if it makes any chronological sense. I don't care, um, you know, about grammar or anything. I just try to get that description down on paper and I build on it. So it's like setting foundation pieces or the bottom building blocks and I will add to them. Now, I've also learned in my journey as a writer that I do have to outline and I've gotten better at outlining things. In the beginning stages but when I was first starting I would often just run with the ideas until I sort of hit a wall and then I would stop and I would go back and do an outline but that's an episode for another time on whether it's uh, better to outline or just to sort of write spontaneously I definitely wrote more spontaneously when I was first starting out as an author definitely so that leads us to question number three how do I handle writer's block? And this is probably the question I am most often asked, um, whether it's on a panel or I'm doing a live on my TikTok and people have questions about writing. It's the writer's block. And, uh, you know, it could be for you're writing a piece of fan fiction, you're writing a short story, you're writing a novel, you're writing a graphic novel. We all have writer's block at some point in time, sometimes. Often during the course of the creative process, it just hits you between the eyes and you have nowhere left to go. And it's a terrible feeling and it doesn't matter if you've written 20 books or two books, it's going to happen to you at some point. How do I handle it personally? Well, there are two sort of trains of thought, two ways or two directions that I go If I'm writing something purely for pleasure, it might be some hobby, it might be a piece of fan fiction, something that I am writing on my own time, well, I might step away from the project until I feel inspired again, and then come back to it. But when I'm writing for a deadline, I have a publisher who's looking for my second draft or looking for my revisions by a certain date. Writer's block I can't just walk away and until I feel inspired again. I have to get through it. So when I'm utterly stumped, I will either walk away from it for a brief period of time. I might go take a walk, put in some music, uh, play some scenes over in my head. I might sit down and read something or watch something. I don't typically sit down and watch an entire movie, but I find that I will go to YouTube a lot of times and pull up scenes from television shows or movies where there was a character in it that is similar to a character I'm writing or maybe a situation that was similar and try to get myself back into that mode and open up my brain for some, you know new trains of thought there. Um, sometimes I will just sit and listen to orchestra scores from a lot of different movies. But the bottom line is I can't do that forever. I'm going to have to sit back down and push through. Oftentimes that means, I need to go to another place in my story and work on that, or I need to go back to my outline and rewrite and really look at it again. But I find if I keep pushing forward in some direction, the floodgates will eventually open. But again, that's for me in writer's block. I think every writer has a different way of handling it, but definitely the pressure and I'm saying definitely a lot here because I I feel very strongly about this. When you have the pressure of a due date, so if you don't have a publisher, you know, over your head telling you it has to be done on a certain date, give yourself a due date. It's not a bad thing to have a due date, and that helps me w- with my writer's block. Leading to question number four, what do I write first? My characters or my stories? And even though I've been asked this question many times, I think I answer it differently every time that I, I impose the question, because it really depends on the project I'm working on. The one that, um, that I did first, my first trilogy, The Romani Outcast, I definitely started with characters. Characters came to me first. I saw the main character in my head, and I went from there. I saw a conversation happening And I built on that. And then the world came into existence as I got to know my characters better. For the project that I am currently working on, the world came first, followed by a basic plot and then characters that fit into my plot. So honestly, it does depend on the story you're trying to tell. And that takes me to my final question of my top five, and that is, how do I create good characters? And I always answer this by starting with, what do you think makes a good character? Because we all have a lot of ideas, and sometimes people will use the word good to mean different things. Now, I'm not talking about a good character as in morally good versus morally evil, because some of the best characters that I've ever watched or read about were actually villains, and I have a sort of special place in my heart for a villain with a tortured soul, even possibly a villain with a redemptive type of arc to them. Also, really good characters don't have to be likable. If we go back to Harry Potter, because I always enjoy referencing Harry Potter, think of the character of Professor Umbridge. I would say arguably one of the most disliked characters universally in the Harry Potter universe, universally and universe, because she is just so vile. There is nothing about her that is remotely relatable or redeemable, but that just means she's a fantastic character because she invokes such a strong, passionate, negative response from so many readers. And I think that's what it's about whether you are making a character that you intend to be likable and relatable or you're crafting a character that you want to be despised if you have a character that invokes some type of emotional response in your reader i think you've written a good character characters do though for the most part i think when this question is posed to me they're talking about a character that's that's relatable such as a main character so yes you do need to make a relatable character And how can that happen? Well, you have to give your character realistic motivations. Motivations are what drive us. We have to have a reason behind what we do. It makes these characters feel real. Maybe perhaps do some dialogue and speak the dialogue out loud to make sure your character sounds true and sounds real and not contrived. Give your character flaws, weaknesses, or perhaps just even a certain quirk. Something that is going to connect us to your character. I myself have never been a fan of the larger than life character that just has absolutely no flaws. There's, there's no way that I can find some common ground with this character. So the weakness or the quirk could be something really large as in a crippling fear of failure. It could be something kind of cute and funny like Ron Weasley's fear of spiders. It could be a quirk like my main character, Josephine, has in the Romani Outcast. She has a habit of biting her nails um, a lot, which is something that uh, Sebastian notices about her. So they could be small things. They can be large things. Flaws, there are so many, and there are lots of websites you can even go to that give you some you know, really standard flaws that a character can have, but they need to be able to travel somewhere. They need to be able to go from point A to point B and having flaws, weaknesses, quirks, um, things inside them that are not perfect are not only going to make those characters relatable, but also give them a, a point, an end point to get to. And With that, those are the top five questions about my writing process that I most often get. Now, I know that there are always more questions about writing, and as an author, I love to answer questions, so if you have one, head on over to my YouTube channel, which is Christy J. Whitney, and feel free to leave your question or comment in the comment sections there underneath this podcast. And if you are interested in my book series or finding out more about what I write, then please, you are welcome and feel free to check out my website, ChristyJWhitney.com. I will definitely, and that's my word for the day, I have come to realize, but I will be back for more writing episodes in the near future. So based on questions that I get or comments that I get, we might have a whole lot of writing things to talk about. But next week's episode, just to give you a bit of a preview, I'm going to switch back over to my Harry Potter fandom. And I really want to talk about characters from a literary standpoint. I am an English teacher. I am a writer. And so I love to talk about characters and Severus Snape, as many of you know that follow me on TikTok and other platforms, he is probably my favorite modern literary character and I feel that he is a really a good representation of a modern Byronic hero. So if you don't know what a Byronic hero is, or if you are interested in hearing my thoughts on why Snape is such a fantastic literary character, then tune in next week because I am going to be gushing over uh, my favorite character in the Harry Potter series. And as I said last week, I also will be having some interviews with some very special people coming up soon, so I hope that you will stay tuned for that. Thank you for joining me today for Quills and Cloaks. Now don't leave your cauldron simmering and gather up your wands because class is dismissed.